big morning here, Salee. How are you? See, here, here's how I know that you're feeling good because you are already distracted because you don't have your Zoom up. That's how I know that you are a little bit preoccupied here this morning. Why don't you uh, click that little join meeting button? Yep, opening it right now. Uh, Chris <laughs> threw me a little bit off. I had to see if the URL was taken, the sleespeedos.com. It uh, looks like it's still available. Looks like yeah, it's you still do, available. You don't say. <laughs> no, no. I thought no, I thought no. people would be jumping on that idea yesterday. They have not. Yeah, they, I, they, uh, they, they decided that that quick? wasn't the way to do it along the way. All right, there okay, you go. So now real quick, see. so the yeah. air conditioning from yesterday, right? Fixed? You know how Chris is mentioning the air No, not until this upcoming Wednesday. Okay. Uh, I'm watching Philly Atlanta yesterday. At what point – I'm going to tell you what the what, – what the, how hot it was inside. Okay. Okay. What temperature are you out? Like, what? what at what point are you saying, okay, I'm leaving the house now? I'm gonna go in my car, watch on the phone or something. What temperature? Uh probably 90 degrees. That's probably okay. the, the drop dead point. For, I'm going. I'm gonna go find something else at that point. Maybe even 85. Okay, 86 inside the uh, inside the condo. That's what it was. 86 <laughs> inside the condo, and I powered through. I have a fan on. All the fan is doing is just just moving, circling the hot air around. Moving like the hot air, yeah. That's all. Hot air tornado in your house. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, there you go. All right. So let me let me start with this. Um, yesterday, when we were doing the show, I made some comments about the Clippers that some people I think thought I was making fun of Kawhi Leonard's injury. I was not doing that. I what, what I did was I was making fun of the fact that the Clippers have terrible luck. I made fun of the fact that the Clippers can't have nice things because every time it seems like they're getting ready to do something, something bad happens to them. That was heard and thought that I was making fun of Kawhi Leonard's injury. That's my fault. I did not make a distinction there clear enough that I should have. I should have made it very clear that I wasn't talking about Kawhi's injury. Look, I've been doing this a long time. And I'm not crazy. I don't want anybody to get hurt. I want the best players to play in the best games. That's what makes me, amongst all of us, sports fans. I'm not making fun of Kawhi Leonard's injury. Let me say it. I've never hoped he got hurt. I wasn't glad that he got hurt. None of these things. It's my fault for not making it more clear, but I just wanted to clear that up. I just wanted to put that out there that I am not happy that he's hurt. I hope he comes back for game six, and I hope that that puts that to rest. And it, Like I said, I'm not blaming anybody else. It's my fault for not making it clear. Um, I did not do a good job of making a distinction between what I was trying to say, which was I thought it was just – I'm not going to lie – I thought it was funny that the Clippers had such bad luck. It was not funny that Kawhi Leonard got hurt. I did a bad job. My timing of those two things right next to each other was really lousy. So I apologize to anybody that thought that I was doing that because that's certainly not what I was trying to do. But, again, 100% my fault for getting that wrong. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes there are topics, and I, and I hope to, when I come on here and, you know, we talk Lakers basketball, we talk Clippers, um, this is sports, and in sports, we spend a lot of time. You like that team, I like this team, and that's really as far as it goes. Nobody has any ill will towards anybody. So, uh, anyways, that's all I could add to that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we'll, let's talk about what we actually saw last night. Let's yeah. talk about because look, far more, a, a lot more fun than saying see Travis and blah 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 blah. It was the thing that I got super wrong. Yep. Was the playoff pee piece right? The thing that actually, was just. No, no, I, I, let me correct you on that because you actually said, "What if he does come out? He can do it. You don't think he's going yeah, to do I, it?" I did say he could. I didn't say that I think that he would, and he did. Look, you know what? Here, here's good news for Paul George. 
Paul George can call himself playoff P now for at least another couple of games because he wasn't just good. He was excellent. He was exactly what you would like to see your second plus your second best player be, which is my number one guy's down. All right, watch this. I'm ready. He did what Anthony Davis does. He did what these other second guys do when the number one guy is gone. Sleet, he not only not only did he put up crazy numbers, 37, 16, and 5. Mm-hmm. He looked so comfortable doing it. It was it was like, wait, where has this guy been? Why is this version of Paul George, why did it take Kawhi Leonard having a knee injury to get this guy to go like this? Because that guy looked – I haven't seen that guy since Indiana. So, you, by the way, that's funny that you say that because he had a quote saying that he had to go back to the guy in Indiana – one of the things that I know I've mentioned before, this is the one thing I don't understand with Paul George. And hopefully, you know, he has, for his own sake, he understands that Paul George is much better when he doesn't give a you-know-what. Paul George is a lot better when he's not, okay, well, I'm the second best guy on the team. Stop proclaiming that you're second best. Stop handing the – I understand Kawhi Leonard is an unbelievable talent. I understand Kawhi Leonard is a two-time finals MVP. Paul George doesn't serve himself any well when he acts like that. Paul George mm-hmm. serves himself – what I saw yesterday that you don't see very often when, when he's playing alongside Kawhi Leonard is I saw Paul George that thought, I'm the best player on the floor. I saw Paul George that was not second-guessing every shot, second-guessing his drive. No, uh, they need me to do this, and he delivered for them. Now, let, let me also say this. Last night could have been the – biggest win in Clippers history okay it could have been and that's not that's not a stretch part of the reason why I say that Trav is because nobody was expecting them to walk into Utah game five news just came out Kawhi Leonard is uh you know out for game five we'll see what happens um with uh uh you know with his injury and and see if it's longer or or maybe he's able to come back in six or seven and the expectations were Clippers got no shot in this game I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm watching the game. When Utah goes up by 10, first of all, by the time the first quarter ended, every punch, Bogdanovich, I think he started six for six from three, every punch that Utah threw, Clippers kind of had an answer. It's like, okay, for, for everything that Utah was throwing at them, you thought, okay, Clippers, they're probably going to fold here. And it's not because it's a Clippers fault. It's because you don't have Kawhi Leonard. You're in Utah. You You're got on the road, right. How many fans going crazy in Utah? Every time it felt like, okay, the Clippers are going to – Utah's going to take over this game, Clippers did something to stay in it. Yesterday was one of those games where I haven't had many games with the Clippers where the expectations are you're going to lose, and they completely wipe that away and, and, and come up with a win. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the show appear via the Goodyear hotline. And I, I think you said something that that was the most impressive part to me, that, that they won, sure. That they did it without Kawhi Leonard, of course. That Paul George stepped up the way that he did, no question about it. All of this, Reggie Jackson, at least for a night, made you think that you, the first thing you think of when you see Reggie Jackson is, an, oh, yeah, the old Yankee, the old angel. That every time I've seen Reggie Jackson throughout his career, I'm like, that's got to be tough to go through I think, life. I think Reggie, Reggie Miller, I think Reggie Miller said, um, Mr. June. Right, like, <laughs> yeah, damn he right. Said something, something along those lines. Yep. Yeah. But by the way, Mister October is the greatest nickname in all of sports history. Absolutely it's just extraordinary. But every time throughout Reggie Jackson basketball, Reggie Jackson's career, I'm like, man, you got to be named after Reggie. That's got to be tough. I mean, Reggie Jackson is super, super famous. 
Last night, Reggie Jackson was the Reggie Jackson. He was doing his work. All of those things were super impressive. Ty Lube coming up with a formula, super impressive. We'll get to that. But it was kind of what you just mentioned there, Slee. To me, to me, it was that they looked perfectly comfortable in the moment because let's back it up a little bit. How many times have the Clippers looked uncomfortable in those positions? How many mm-hmm. times have you seen them look, go, go back to last year, right? Go back to last year in the bubble when they had the 3-1 lead against Denver and then they lost game, what would that be, game five. And it was that, eh, they're still 3-2, whatever. They, they, they're going to close this thing out. And then they lose game six and now it's 3 And at that point, the Clippers couldn't have looked more uncomfortable. They couldn't have looked more, uh-oh, here it goes again. Last night, there was none of that, and maybe it was because that they weren't expected to win, that they didn't have their best player, that they were on the road. Everything that could have gone wrong for them kind of did last night, at least leading up to the game. Maybe that's what they needed. Maybe they just needed all of the expectations, all of the, hey, here we go again stuff, to be out the window because you're right. When the Clippers are expected to win is when it gets really weird. When the Clippers don't have very many expectations, they're really good. The question is, what happens next? Because after seeing what we saw last night, we still don't know about Kawhi. Yeah. But game six, they should close it out, right? They're at home. in front. They, 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 they're clearly playing great basketball. You can make the argument this series should be over already. And this is the point where the Clippers clipper. And he just does it feel like they're going to do it again? Or is this the time it finally happens? So here's my genuine answer. I have no idea. I really don't. Because nothing has made sense in the playoffs. I mean, every time I start kind of predicting something, something else happens in the playoffs. But I'll, I'll say this for the Clippers. I'm going to read off a tweet here. Josh Santa Maria on Twitter says, Damn, you guys sound bitter. Keep doubting them with the thumbs up, okay? Okay. Let, let me let me explain something to Josh, and um, this I think is key for not just this series, but I think it is with the Clippers. All right, it's one thing to get that game that they got yesterday, which I'll sit here and I'll say a hundred out of a hundred times, give them credit. That's an impressive win. That is not. I saw Michael Thompson send out a tweet yesterday after the game, basically saying that they deserve to win this game. Um, they'll probably win the series now. I give them all the credit in the world, but what does it mean unless you close this thing out? And that's been the difference for the Clippers. This is why we have these conversations about the Clippers. They've been in this position before. So yeah. there's a very simple solution to this. Win. Shut everybody up. <laughs> yeah. Just exactly. win Win one of these next two games and you shut everybody up. I, I will say this. Donovan Mitchell doesn't look himself. You know, you can no. tell that that ankle is bothering him. Mike Conley is out. Okay, look at the Clippers side. Kawhi freaking Leonard didn't play in game five. It doesn't get any bigger than Kawhi Leonard. Nope. Uh, people want to make the argument, too, one of their, you could say, bigger offseason acquisitions was Serge Ibaka. He's out as well. Okay, I, I'm not going to say it's even because it's not. But no. the Clippers, for everything that has kind of transpired in the past, you can shut everybody up by winning one of these next two games and the Clippers have not done that in the past. So when you say, do you have confidence they will close it out? I think it's one of those things for me that you got to see it to believe it. I have absolutely no confidence that they're going to close it out. They, they, they can. They might. But to say that, am I confident that they're going to close it out? No. I'm, here, here's, here's a good analogy. This is like you're going to school, right? And the first test comes out and you get an A. And you're thinking, okay, look, I'm, I'm off to a good start. And then the next com- com- test comes out, and you get a D. And he's like, yeah, okay, may- maybe that's just one of those things. But then you do A, D, A, D. And it's all of these things that you just can't do. And then finally they're like, look, you're not going to pass this class if you don't 
get this done, and you get an A. And now it's, hey, if you can get an A on the next test, you're going to get an A in the class, and that's where we are right now. They're not done. There's still work to be done. I know that Clipper fans are feeling really good, and they should. They should. Absolutely they should. should. But Mm -hmm. it's not over yet. There's, you know, just like, look, Atlanta is probably feeling pretty good about themselves, right? Atlanta came back from a 26-point hole last night to win that game to go up 3-2. They're feeling good about themselves. Series ain't ain't over. over either. Right, right. That you have to finish the show. And and, this, and, and, and and Trav, that's that that's what it comes down to. That that's it. Ultimately, at the end, of you think of the they're day, ready for it? Do you, do you think that, that because look, they're human beings, right? And yeah. I know that athletes are a little different. They're able to focus better. They're able to compartmentalize better. But they're human beings, and you have to know that this is the point where it's gone wrong for you in the past. You have to mm-hmm. know that you've been right where they are now a few times before, and it's never gotten done. I know some of the guys were there. Some of the guys weren't, but it has to have that weird feeling. I would think. I, I think it, it's it's tough to look at somebody's past and try to always bring up. There's certain players that are part of this organization that had nothing to do with last year. There's certain players that are part of the organization that had nothing to do in the Chris Paul years, right? The coach is completely different. It's Ty Lue. It's not Doc Rivers. But I think it lingers. For the Lakers, sometimes it plays to their benefit. There were times where the Lakers. You, you know, maybe it's in their mind. No, this is what this franchise does. It does win in these situations. It does come through in these situations. They do get free agents that maybe other teams don't. So you kind of got to weigh it. I think what it comes down to with the Clippers, here's the reality. Health-wise, if Kawhi can't go in Game 6 and Game 7, you don't fault the Clippers if they lost. You just don't. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to tell you. Kawhi Leonard is such an amazing – Even it's after Anthony seeing Davis. what you saw last night? Even after well, seeing that – because Paul George can – then mm-hmm. now the question is, he needs to do it again, right? Assuming that Kawhi's not there. We and, don't know. And by We're the way, waiting. you look at you look at Paul George, I want to say the last three games, it's 30 put, uh, points plus. I thought brilliant. probably his most Im- impressive stat line is, what, he grabbed 16, 17 rebounds? Something 16. Okay, you don't say that usually with Paul George. The question is, I mentioned this yesterday to you, and we both talked about Paul George. Can he have one of those types of performances? We said he can but the reality is, would he? Probably not. And even if he did, what are all the other players going to do? Trav, don't pay too much attention to Paul George. Because if PG has that type of performance, Reggie Jackson still has got to uh, be there. Um, Luke Kennard's got to hit a couple threes. Marcus Morris has got to give you 15 plus. Like, it, it can't – you know how we always say this with LeBron or we say uh-huh. this with, with players on Lakers? Okay, it's great what one player can do, but it also depends on what everybody else does. Yeah, but, okay, here, here's the thing, though, and I, I'm with you – Except for this did not feel like they were out of their minds hot. This just felt like they played really well. Because we've, we've seen that sometimes, if, let, let, let's kind of look at it from the other side. If you're Utah, you're not thinking, oh, that's not going to happen again. I'm thinking, how do I prevent that from happening again? Because that felt pretty repeatable. Reggie Jackson didn't just have a night. Reggie Jackson's had a series. He's mm-hmm. been really good in this series. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was hitting big shots uh, against the, the Mavs as well. He's one of those few guys that doesn't care. Like, okay, I don't care the moment. He's, he actually – let me kind of quick – Quick, I know we didn't think we're breaking down Reggie Jackson in his career this year, but like the dude's kind of – Very good with the, the Angels. The dude's kind of got one of those, yeah, I don't care about the moment. Like, yeah. it, the moment does not – there's certain players where you know the moment affects them. Reggie Jackson has this very calm, cool collective, kind of a very cocky, yup, give me the ball, I'll hit that shot – 
that's not too common. That's been obviously key for the Clippers. It was key yesterday, too. All right, so no Kawhi last night. And just add him to the list of guys that have not been able to get through to the end of the line in the NBA playoffs. And, well, LeBron said he could see it coming. He tried to tell everybody. That's what we're getting into next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Slee, LeBron, like that that qualifies for the most straight talk thing I've heard in quite some time. I mean, he came in with an absolute flamethrower yesterday. Yeah, it is kind of – I'm, I'm trying to think here. You know, I'm trying to think of what the goal was, right? Because mm-hmm. if LeBron says something, everybody's listening. Let, let's not, you know, pretend. And LeBron's very um, – he's very strategic with every move that he makes. LeBron's Everything. not going to put something out there unless, you know, there's something to it. Well, I guess this is what I kind of took away from it. Certainly it was one of those I told you so, right? It yeah. was LeBron James saying – um, hey, I, I gave you guys this warning back in – there was a quote here, I think back in December 7th, where he was just kind of shocked. He said, just being completely honest, I wasn't expecting that because early conversations were going on. I was hearing that there would be a kind of mid-January start and training camp would kind of start after Christmas. The NBA had to put out um, – uh, NBA had to put out a uh, um, a statement as well, Mike Bass, to kind of, I guess you could say, try to – give a little bit more perspective on injuries and what it looked like last season and everything else. Ultimately, Trav, I think everybody agrees with what LeBron is saying, but I don't know what the solution was for the NBA. And I think a lot of sports teams and franchises and and leagues and and, um, commissioners have all been put in an incredibly tough spot over the last year and a half. And I'm not saying you – I'm not telling you there's a perfect – you know, there's a perfect uh, way to do this, but I think a lot of people just did the best they can and, and went with the punches. Here's the tweet that he put out yesterday. They all didn't want to listen to me about the start of the season. I knew exactly what would happen. I only wanted to protect the well-being of the players, which ultimately is the product and benefit of our game. These injuries aren't just part of the game. It's the lack of pure rim rest before starting back up. Eight, possibly nine All-Stars have missed playoff games, longest in uh, most in league history. This is the best time of year for our league, and fans are missing a ton of our favorite players. He went on to say, it's insane. If there's one person that know about the body and how it works all year round, it's me. I speak for the health of all of our players, and I hate to see this many injuries this time of year. Sorry, fans. Wish you guys were seeing all of your favorite guys right now. Okay. You, I, I'm a well-established LeBron James fan, right? I am all in on almost everything that LeBron does. I like it. I love, love, don't just like, I love that LeBron James tells you what's on his mind. Yep. I like that he takes a side. I like that he tells you what he thinks about something, and if you don't like it, tough. I like that about him. I don't agree with everything he says, but I like that he says it. I don't get this one. I don't get this one because – other than, and I told you so, okay, you, you were right. And we all like to be right, but what what were they supposed to do, right? I get it. They they moved the season up. It was a short off season, in particular for the Lakers, in particular for the Heat and the teams that played deep into the playoffs. But what were they supposed to do? I know that he wanted to push the season back a month. Would that really have made a huge difference? Maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't know what the goal of all of this is. Just a giant, I told you so. Should they have um, – and, it, you know, I, I put this out on Twitter too. You guys can hit us up, at Travis Rogers, at Alan Sliwa. What really was a solution? So was a solution um, play less games? Okay, if you're going to play less games, it's going to be money. less revenue, so mm-hmm. it's going to be less money that's going to be distributed. I, I think, you know, I, I and by the way, the December 22nd, I do go back to that. 
Lakers started the season against Clippers. I remember kind of like, what? Wait, wait, how, how are you going to start it that early? The, the date everybody was thinking of that they thought was the right date was Martin Luther King Day, right? Mm-hmm. January 18th. So that was that was the idea and the concept. So, yeah, another, an extra 30 days was the idea. I don't know how many more injuries would have been prevented. Um, I think it's incredibly unfortunate that this year we are seeing all these great players. We're not seeing all these great players, right? Kawhi, the latest one, but mm-hmm. go down the list. James Harden's been out with injuries. Anthony Davis was – you couldn't use him for the final three games. Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell is playing on a bum Mike ankle. Conley. Mike Conley, Jalen Brown didn't go for the Boston Celtics. I haven't even mentioned Jamal Murray. So mm-hmm. will this championship – you know, well, a lot of people look at this championship and say, man, well, what could have happened if a lot of these players were healthy? Yeah, probably. There could be some of that. But I'll tell you this. Injuries are a part of the game, unfortunately, and there's a lot of injuries that have dictated who ended up winning an NBA championship. And this won't be the first year that that happens. It's just unfortunate because I don't think there was really a, a good solution for all this. Yeah, th- that that's it right there. That's the part that I get. I guess you could wait. And this is one of the things we'll never know, right? Had you waited till MLK Day, maybe it's better. Maybe it's slightly better. Maybe it's exactly the same. Maybe this is just a really bad circumstance. But what... what What's so strange about it all, mm-hmm. it's oddly even. You know what I mean? It's it's because almost every team has been hit by this. Almost every team that we're talking about in this thing has lost not just a player, but a pretty important one, it seems like. Did you and, see and, and, uh, Not that yeah, that makes it any better, but mm-hmm. had this just happened to Kawhi, for instance. Let's use him as an example. And Harden and Kyrie Irving are going through it, and the Jazz have Conley ready to go, and everybody, first of all, if, if, if it's only just a handful of guys, the Lakers are still playing probably. Sure. It, it's just, it just feels like it's nobody's fault necessarily because everybody wants to get paid, everybody wants to make money, everybody wants to have these games on TV, everybody wanted all of these things to happen, and it just – this is unfortunately the residue of what happens. This was not by design. It might have been a circumstance of it, but I don't think this was done maliciously. This was the choice because there weren't. A What's ton in of the great best options. interest of our business, and that, mm-hmm. and that, you know, that really at the end of the day, that's what won over through the whole pandemic. That's what won over with all the ideas. That's why they did the Orlando bubble. That's why they're trying to finish the season off at a certain point and then the Olympics start and then you could start up next season and get 82 games again. Business was always going to kind of take over in this decision. And I think, you know, I I think for LeBron, I'm sure part of that tweet is frustration, right? He's watching games and saying, my freaking 18th season, right? My 18th season. I couldn't go, I wasn't 100%. Anthony Davis couldn't go, he wasn't 100%. And now he's watching all these stars um, fall, right? I mean, that's the reality. Like It's almost as if the stars are falling like flies. And we're not even talking about role players and other players that um, could impact a game. So I, I think probably more than anything else, LeBron is sitting there, how many times does this happen? How many times does this happen where you tell somebody one thing and then they do it anyways, and then you're like, I freaking told you so. Every I, time I talk to my children. <laughs> that, that 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 what you just described yeah. is every hey listen if you do a b and c then d e and f are going to happen well how do you know because that's always how it goes one plus one always equals two right there is no there is no situation where one plus one is seven 
it doesn't exist. If you do this, then that will happen. So I'm very familiar. Maybe maybe that's LeBron. LeBron's dad is coming out inside of him, right? LeBron's father, in his, his internal father yeah. voice is saying, you guys didn't listen to me. I guess you want to learn this the hard way, and now you're going to have a finals where the very best players, or at least a, a decent percentage of them, aren't even available to you. Maybe, maybe he's just a frustrated father. I think he's definitely frustrated. I think it puts the NBA in a tough spot because now they have to address it. And this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't um, a role player that's putting out. This isn't KCP putting out the tweet. This is no. LeBron freaking James, and the name doesn't get any bigger. Jamal Murray put out this tweet yesterday. He said, the healthiest team will win the championship this year. <laughs> that's literally his tweet. But they're and, all unhealthy. That, yeah. that, which who's healthy? By, the, the, by the way, who's healthy? Okay, so Philly Embiid is not healthy. Okay. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Clippers are not healthy. Atlanta, are they healthy. Atlanta lost. Who'd they lose? They lost. Uh, what's the uh, the dude that went number four? We were just talking about him. Um, uh, DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter, Hunter. But that okay. That's not. It's not Trey. That's Young. not Trey Young. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, who else we got? Brooklyn. Milwaukee's they got a couple stars. Obviously injured. Yeah. Milwaukee. Milwaukee probably the healthiest. Bucks Which, probably the healthiest and and are. Um, Still not taking advantage of, of what's in front of them. Let me read this off. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, which brings me to the, the question that I think is, is fascinating. Does anybody have any idea what's going to happen between now and the end of the line? Can, can anybody, because usually when we watch these games, Lee, usually with, let's go just go back one year ago, even though it was such a bizarre setup, right? In a bubble, no fans, the, just the whole thing was unprecedented. We all kind of knew that once the playoffs started, the Lakers were the team to beat. The Lakers were the team that had to have something weird happen to them, whether they went ice cold, whether they lost a player, but it was going to go through the Lakers, and it did, right? It went according the, – the Miami was a little bit of a surprise coming out of the East, but, you know, there, there was nobody in the East that you thought was a lock the way that this year it was the Lakers, the Clippers, and Brooklyn. And if one of those three teams didn't get this whole thing done – some well, everything weirds happen. There's seven teams left, and you can make an argument. Maybe Philly isn't. Maybe it's six out of the seven, but even Philly, you can throw in there. All of these teams have. You can say they could. They can tell. Look themselves in the mirror and say, "We got a shot at this." I don't know if I've ever seen that before. By the way, and I don't even know if that's good for. I'm curious what the ratings are going to look like. Like I know the first round was solid, right? First round was solid, but you know what? It's the first round. All this, most of the stars were still there. Okay, now you get into the second round. I'm curious, Trav, like, is is having seven different teams that have a chance at winning an NBA championship but also losing a lot of the stars in the process, is this garner more interest or are there less people watching because, you know, not obviously all these players are – not all the key guys are there. And there isn't this one team that everybody hates and they're healthy. Like, if you want to say, okay, everybody hates Brooklyn, well, a lot of people are probably cheering for KD in that last game because hey, look, he's without two stars against the Bucks. Look, if KD doesn't have a performance that is one of the greatest playoff performances of all time, mm-hmm. and they're on the verge of being like, what are we looking at? Mm-hmm. You know, thank goodness Kevin Durant did what he did. Thank goodness Paul George did what he did. Or we're looking at Utah, Atlanta. We're looking at Milwaukee, Phoenix. I mean, I get it. Devin Booker's a great player. Trey Young's a great player. But they're not Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard, at least as far as Q rating goes. It's, it is the weirdest NBA season in history. 710 ESPN wants to honor volunteers, coaches, and youth sports leaders by awarding him or her 
an honorary ESPYs award. If you know a youth sports coach or leader who has contributed to their local communities, nominate them today. I want to put this out, uh, uh, put out the email address here. So if this applies, or I know, Trav, you were explaining yesterday, you talked to your old baseball coach and mm-hmm. the type of impact that he had. Email the station at ESPNLA Marketing at ESPN.com. Include the first and last name of nominee, the city, and a short paragraph on why they deserve the honorary uh, ESPYs award. Again, email the station, ESPNLA Marketing at ESPN.com. Yeah, that's I. That's such a great idea. That is such a good idea. I hope that everybody sends those in because those coaches are so important. They have such an incredible impact along the way. All right. Today, 21 yes. years ago, one of the most iconic moments in this country's history really took place, and it happened in the middle of one of the weirdest runs in sports that you're ever going to hear about. We'll get into it next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Time goes too fast, Slee. Do you, do you have those moments? Do you have those moments where you're like, no, 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 no. That can't have been five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Have you hit that point where just time doesn't even make any sense anymore? I have. This is uh, more of a short term, but, but you know, we go into the station. We got to sign in right now with COVID. You got to sign uh-huh. in. You're putting the date. This. I remember. I remember, like right as we got into 2021, and I'm putting on the, you know, January 3rd, January 5th, whatever it is, and then like every month would go by. I'm like, gosh, already February. Okay, you know, already March, April, May. We're freaking halfway through the year. So, yes, <laughs> yeah. time goes by, but this is in a little bit smaller. We version. were just starting the night show just, what, five minutes ago? That's right. <laughs> and, and here we are uh, at this point. Well, this, this isn't going to help. This is going to make it worse. Okay. June seventeenth, 1994. Mm-hmm. I would ask you, do you know what happened that day? But it's not a good question because, like, 50 things happened that day. There were I was, so many I was covering the Rockets-Knicks game. <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah. That yeah. was one of the things that was going on uh-huh. June 17th, 1994. The Rockets and the Knicks were playing in the NBA Finals. Do you happen to remember one other thing that was taking place as the Rockets and the Knicks were competing in the NBA Finals? Something else that may have drawn some attention away from the basketball itself? Of course, uh, New York Rangers were celebrating the Stanley Cup. <laughs> also true. Yes. Also true. The New York yes. Rangers were celebrating the Stanley Cup. That happened on that day as well. There were still a few other things. You want to take another shot? Um, I'm going to go with, by the way, is this one of those you knew exactly what you were doing, where you were, Absolutely. what time, all those. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's one of those. So, right, so, yep. You mentioned the New York Rangers. You mentioned yep. the Knicks and the Rockets in the finals. Here's what else was going on that day. Arnold Palmer was playing in his final round ever in a U.S. Open. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's what else was going on that day. The World Cup opened up in the United States. Okay, the the, the biggest right. the biggest sports tournament in the world was happening here. And all on of that those... day it started. On that yes. day it started. Oh my yes. gosh. And then of course the white Bronco on the 405 freeway with O.J. Simpson and A.C. Cowlings and the slow speed chase all the way back to uh, his estate in Brentwood. And, you know, nobody that that's owned a white Bronco since has ever felt ago. the same way. 17 years ago. 27 years ago. You're 17. No, 27. You're right. 27. Yeah, 27 You're right. years ago. Today. 27 years ago. How, how in the world – has 27 years gone? Because like you said, Slee, I was at my then-girlfriend, now-wife's house, watching the game with her dad and then thinking, wait, what's going on? OJ's doing what? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they split the screen into two pieces. You have the basketball game on one half and you have the helicopter over the That's freeway right. on the other half. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking to yourself, 
this this can't be real. This cannot be real where here's Patrick Ewing and John Starks going up against Akeem, and then you've got OJ running from the police because they think he killed his wife. Remember um, the the boxes or whatever, the split screen? It turned into a bigger screen for OJ, and it oh, was a yes, small box yes. for just his finals. And it was game seven. What were you doing, Slee? So I, I remember that I was only 10, right? So I, I remember that I was at my uh, at my cousin's house, and same thing, uh, TV is on, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, every channel started going to this OJ chase. So wherever you were, whatever you were doing, everybody was kind of glued to the TV. I don't think I really understood what was going on. You know, yeah, like I, was- I, I didn't really – Nothing really made sense. I do remember later on, I remember when it was the actual OJ trial, I remember being at school, and I remember they were actually even bringing out the, rolling out the TV On the TV on the cart, sure. Yep, rolling the TVs <laughs> on the cart and actually playing some of it. So it was just, uh, I, I think at that age, you don't really kind of comprehend what's going on. You're just kind of, okay, this is a big story. But did you really, did I really know what was happening? No, I just, you know, well, all I could look at was John Starks' box score and, and just paying attention to... Uh, <laughs> You know, if, well, you look, if Vernon even, Maxwell, if Vernon Maxwell is going to, if he's going to get things going in the second half. Even at 10 years old, you were still on brand. You were slee. <laughs> you were looking at the box score to see what John Starks was up to. I respect that. I like that you had identified your lane early on and you realized I'm going to, I'm going to really dive into this basketball stuff. I don't care that one of the most famous people in the country yes. is trying to flee the police. I tweeted, I tweeted on that day, Hakeem's overrated. I tweeted that out. <laughs> So, you know what else that, I mean, I don't want to say came of this, but it just, it did. Yeah. One of my all-time favorite 30 for 30s is about this. It's called June 17th, 1994. And all it is is live news coverage, live sporting footage of all of these events that are taking place and just layering it one on top of the other. It's one of my all-time 30 for 30s. Anybody that haven't seen it, I know that you can you can stream it on the app and everything else, but do yourself a favor and go look June 17, 1994. It's one of the best 30 for 30s. There's, um, by the way, and this kind of always brings it up when, when you kind of start talking about, all right, what, what are what are your favorite 30 for 30s? And I know a, a few people have already tweeted us. One had the U. Do you ever watch the U? Oh, you fantastic! Watch that okay, that, that's a that's a great one. Did you see the Fab Five? Also good. I, okay. The you, I the Fab Five is a step down for me just because that story, while cool, mm-hmm. the you the that thing was the craziest thing you've ever seen in your life. Okay, Those guys were couple, wild. Let me throw a couple more out here. Do you watch the Bad Boys ones on the uh, yes. on the Pistons? Yes. Um, where was Do you one? remember? There, so that, with, with that in mind. I knew that the bad boys were the bad boys, that they were knocking each other around and all that stuff. I didn't realize in the moment how unpopular Isaiah Thomas was, not just around the league, but inside his own locker room a lot of the time. I had no idea that was going on. By the way, when we did the the last dance, right? There's another one, right? The last dance, there's another one that reminded you how much people didn't like Isaiah. Yeah. You know, it just kind of that that stayed with him, whether it was – when I say stayed with him – um, what I'm referring to is that whatever happened on the court, it's not like Michael Jordan 25 years later was like, oh, I'm okay with it. It was just on the court. No, you could kind of still feel like – so that's why, by the way, some of those documentaries, that's why what makes these so great is you find out stuff that you had just no idea of. Here you go. Phone calls, 877-710-ESPN. Twitter, at Alan Sliwa, at Travis Rogers. You can send them there, and we'll, we'll get to as many of them as we can. What's going on now that makes a great 30 for 30 10 years from now? What, I mean, I, there's the pandemic. I mean, that's yep. that's going to happen. That's going to get done. Um, we'll see, right? But 
what else? Because I still think the one, and I know that HBO tried to do it. I know that's not a 30 for 30. I still think that there's a Tiger story in, that includes Tiger that is the one thing we all want to see. Because the Tiger one on HBO was great, right? It got into a lot of things that we didn't know about him, a lot about his relationships with his dad and, and women and all those sorts of things. But it didn't include Tiger. That's the sports story that's out 30 there. 30 for 30 right now. Yeah. Tiger. But it has to have Tiger. Look, the U.S. Open's on right now. It's literally on as we speak. Do you care at all? No, I don't. Right. I, I don't. And, 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 I, and I think that you're probably in the majority. I do because I like golf. But if Tiger was there, you'd be paying attention. He's still the biggest. Too early to do something. Athletes. Too, too early to do something on Otani. Yeah. Okay, here's kind the of fascinating kind of start, you know, start childhood. Like, hey, give us how, how did this dude just walk into Major League Baseball and do what he's doing um, and, and kind of dominating in what he's doing? I think that'd be that'd be that'd be kind of fascinating for, for for a player that we don't know enough about. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I would watch it. You would watch it. Does anybody really want to know about an angel two-way player that, that there, where there's a language barrier, there's, there's some other things going on? And if, if you were a Yankee or a Dodger or a Cub or something like that, then maybe it's a little different. But the fact that the Angels aren't very good, that the team is just kind of spinning its wheels, that his, I mean, look, he should run away with the MVP. We'll get into that later. But eh, eh. Want, and there's nothing see, salacious about it. Mm-hmm. Did you see uh, another one here? Do you see Once Brothers? Did you watch that one? Tell me what it's about. The name is and Drazen Petrovic. Oh, that's so sad. That is so sad. That's and then you know, of course, with Petrovic. That, that might be that might be my favorite one. It's great. It's great. I, yeah, the sadness. I, I have a hard time with sad. I, when I'm doing sports, I want happy. I want exciting. That that one is so incredibly sad. But you know what? It's. Uh... You're right. I get it. You know, you want something that I guess you could cheers you up, but it's reality, right? Like, oh, it's sure. life. Here were two great friends, and then a war tears them apart, right? T- tears, um, and then you know, of course, uh, what eventually the the uh, Drazen Petrovic, obviously the um, the car crash. It's it's one of those that how would how are you and I going to know this story unless a thirty for thirty kind of explains it? So that's one of my favorite ones too. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests on the show appear via the Goodyear hotline. Let's try our first phone call of the morning. Let's go to Santa Clarita and Richie. Richie, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? What's going on? Good morning, guys. Just quick question. Um, listening to you guys, and I'm listening to you guys talk about how um, Paul George, you know, um, finally came through. Um, I'm just curious, like, Kawhi Leonard obviously is a man in L.A., and Anthony Davis and LeBron are the men for the Lakers, the main guys. But LeBron James didn't come through the way Paul George came through last night. And LeBron James is way above Paul George. Like, how come there's, no, something, there's not that much emphasis on that? Like, it's like, it's like if we gave LeBron James, like, kind of like a, like a slap on the wrist, like, oh, it's okay, it's fine, you were injured. Well, Paul George is injured too. He has no lift. He's been that's been bothering him all season. Well, it's an interesting question. I think the reason is pretty obvious, though. The reason that we didn't go at LeBron, and I don't mean Slee and myself. I'm just talking NBA people. Is we've seen LeBron come through so many times. He was on one leg. He wasn't healthy. The team, the supporting cast that he had out there with him, it's not nearly as good as the supporting cast. Paul George had giant question marks all over his game. All over his game. Since he's come to L.A., 
the Paul George moments of, wow, look at that, were few and far between and almost non-existent in the playoffs. LeBron, his resume is nothing but those reds. So when you see the opposite of what you're expecting with Paul George, it's a big deal. LeBron was playing with a team that wasn't very good without Anthony Davis, playing with an injury that never really fully healed. So the expectations to me, Slee, felt pretty reasonable. Well, but also, you know, it's not like LeBron gets a free pass. He doesn't. When LeBron doesn't play well, people talk about, well, LeBron's got to do more. LeBron's got to do this. I think the difference for LeBron is they got a championship last season. He delivered on what the goal was with the Lakers. Um, For Paul George and Kawhi, when they get criticism here in L.A., it's more to do with the fact that the expectations are so high you got to surpass those. You got to at least meet those expectations. Are you at least getting to the Western Conference Finals? Last year, when they gave up that three-one series lead, how is anybody going to speak positively about the Clippers? They're not going to. And now, when we're talking about Paul George, even I, I even hesitate from what we saw yesterday with Paul George, which I don't think it's all on his back. With Kawhi out, you know, everybody's got to kind of step up. I guess the best way to put it, this is what happens to the Clippers. Okay, can you close it out? They have not been able to close it out. So it's and, not and criticism. By the way, they still it's not criticism. It. It's they haven't, and that's the point. The point is, is that why should you give credit until you know you feel like you, you somebody deserves credit? Clippers deserve credit for yesterday. They do. I didn't think they were going to win that game. Most people didn't think they were going to win that game. Expectations weren't on the Clippers to win, but now there's going to be some expectations to see if they can close this thing out. They'll have two chances to do it. This sounds like the most, you know, fortune cookie wisdom you're ever going to hear. It's respect is earned. It's not given. You got you got to win game six or game seven. You got to get there because as great as they were last night, and they were, especially in light of Kawhi not being there. Got to close it out. They're only up 3-2. This series didn't end last night. I love their chances, but it's not over yet. The bunch of funch of lunch of munch bunch. Coming up next, it's Travis and Slee. 710 ESPN and and you guys have some fantastic suggestions on some 30 for 30s that we'll get to at the top of the hour so keep sending them in you can make the phone calls as well but uh there's one Slee that is absolutely really good idea. brilliant he should yeah. be the executive producer on that we'll get to that but first of course it is Thursday which means it's time for punch all right guys there's a huge boom recently on sports cards and memorabilia prices of boxes and packs of sports cards are going through the roof and they're reselling for nearly double of what their retail price is. I don't know if you guys noticed this right now, if you guys are into sports cars or whatever, you're just booming right now. Um, I just recently saw a Jordan rookie card getting sold for $800,000 hmm. per card. Offered seven forty. Yeah, right. <laughs> and also, I just saw a signed Kobe rookie jersey getting sold for $3.6 million. Wow. $3.6 wow. guys. All right, if you can own one piece of sports memorabilia or a sports card, what would it be, guys? Hmm. So, sleep, By the way, I, by the way I, I got a question. Do you have cards? You still yeah, have well, it's it's a it's actually an interesting question because I was all in on baseball cards for a really long time. A yep. re- put it to you this up way. until three months ago, far <laughs> longer than was age appropriate. Okay, <laughs> I was you're I one was of those in, guys. What's yeah, the age? Little, what's the I, look, age? You got to stop. Like, what's the age where hey, it's it's over? Fourteen. Sounds I about mean, the right age. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let's just pushing put, it. Yep. Let's just say I went a good solid decade beyond that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was, it was, it's not the thing that I'm most proud of. Let's just put it Were like you that. you at so anyway. UCSB, like inviting girls to, hey, come on. <laughs> not, not, not that's a packs of cards. Let's, uh, let's, uh, not, not, not that last this, part, but I the got first this part, Warren yeah. Moon card I want you to see. <laughs> Oh, football cards, never, never. But I had all these things, and I, I very read, like in the last three months, 
threw mm-hmm. them all away. Hmm. Threw them all away, Travis? Not, not all of them. I kept the like, ones that are worth okay, money, okay. but yeah. I threw away all the junk along the way. So as far as memorabilia, you know what would be awesome to have? I Because I'm a Dodger fan, yeah. I would love to have something Dodger really. Like if you could have any, and this is one of the great mysteries. Nobody knows where this is really. They don't think. I would love to have the Kirk Gibson ball that was hit in the right field. No one knows it, where it, it is? No, it's gone. No, nobody has. It's just, it's gone. And so at this point, nobody can mm. confirm that it's the right ball, right? But I think if you could just say anything, give me that Kirk Gibson homer ball. Alan? Um, you guys know you a Andy card Bur- guy? I, I have some card. I actually still have some, like, unpacked or unopened. But, but they've been sitting up in the closet for, I don't know, 20-something years. I, I I don't even know what's up there. Um you guys know Andy Speedos Bernstein? Speedos and baseball cards. Andy Bernstein? Yeah, the photographer. Okay, so I went – he's out here in Pasadena. He's got an office out here in Pasadena. And recently I went out to his office. And this guy's been taking iconic photos for years, all right, in the, you know, for the NBA for years. And I'm walking around. I go to his, uh, I go to his office, and I'm just like, what the hell? Sh- shots I've never seen before. Shots I didn't know he took. Iconic photo after iconic photo. What I would take funches, I want a, I want an iconic old school something that you know we haven't really seen a photo. Probably a Kobe his rookie year or a Magic during the '80s, something along those lines. Put that photo up and, and call it a day. That'd I would good. like a uh, Jordan ball from like the last you know Byron Russell push off, obviously. Um, if, if if I can get that, and or Kobe sixty ball, if I can get that, that would be great. That by the way, good topic right there. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. If you want to weigh in on what you would want. What's next, Munch? All right, guys. Um, so every oh, so often I go on Airbnb to see what nice houses are available, and I just noticed the house you see on The Bachelor, the show The Bachelor, is available for rent at about $6,000 per night. Okay. Uh, it's wait, a, wait, wait, we can split it up. Uh, Funches and I will go 500 each, and Trav will drop five. We'll five do a remote grand. there, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's, you're going to be waiting a and long now, time. Now, it's a seven-bedroom mansion in Malibu. I'm not too sure if it comes with the fantasy suite where all the magic happens, as they say. Uh-huh. Now, <laughs> now, you could... You could um, also stay at the Fresh Prince of Bel Air house uh, too, Ooh, and like and like also that. there's a Friends Team Airbnb where you could stay Hard at pass. Central Park or whatever. I don't know what. Could the you coffee be shop. staying in the coffee shop anymore? Could you be <laughs> less repetitive? Could you be more uninteresting? Could you be more boring? There you go. That's Friends. well, they made a lot of money. But guys, yes, in the history did. of TV and t- and movies, what yeah. famous house would you like to stay at for a weekend in Airbnb? Easy for me. Easy for me. All right, let me throw out a couple. First of all, Full House, that's a solid house. Oh, that's yeah, I forgot about that that's one, man. That's a good setup right too. there. That's good a good setup too. right there. Okay, then we have, let me think here. Um, married with Children, I think that's a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house that's still going for 145000 Okay, <laughs> let's go for a couple more here. Um, I think the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, Bel Air. I mean, just think about that. That's like a freaking. It's a mansion, right? Yeah, and, it's, and good spot. it's one of the nice one neighborhood. Of Funches. It's one of our favorite shows. Yeah, I think right? I'd like to so stay there too. I think I'll, I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with the. I won't even do the main house. I'll do the back house. That was uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was yeah, a big that. back house, man. Yeah, of course That's, it was. It's Bel Air. You have to have grounds, right? You have to have a pool house or a guest quarters or whatever it is. It's a pretty good spot for me. It's super easy. And this is my age. This is my generation. The house itself makes no sense. Like, the, the house looks huge on TV. Only everybody stays in two rooms. I want the Brady Bunch house. I, I want to live <laughs> in the Brady Bunch house where you had six kids staying in two rooms. 
The maid lived somewhere behind the house. They never made it entirely clear where she was set up. You had these giant living spaces, but no one was ever really in them. And then you had an AstroTurf backyard. I, w- I want to hang out in the Brady Bunch house for a week. Where did uh, – where did um... – what was the butler's name again? Jeffrey. Where did where did Butler or where did Jeffrey stay? In I think he Fresh stayed in the main house. He, he stayed yeah, there he too. Was in the main quarters. Yeah, everybody was in the house. <laughs> yeah, not not Will. <laughs> no, not Will. All right, guys. Um, it was big news earlier this week when LeBron James announced that he would change his number from twenty three to six next season. He wore number six, and what I think was his peak, LeBron in Miami. Yep. And also with Team USA. So, including LeBron, only 12 players in Laker history have donned the number six, and I want you guys to name three of them with three strikes going against you guys. Oh, my goodness. I can't think of a single one. Well, this just got quiet. Um, okay, let, let's give it some thought here. What did – what did um, – what Eddie Jones rock? Was Eddie Jones nine? Eddie Jones was nine. No, Nick Van Exel was nine. Oh, yeah, Van Exel was nine. Yeah. Yeah. Is Eddie Jones one of them? Eddie yes, Jones? I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you guys. Eddie I'll Jones. I'll take Eddie Jones. All right, We're Eddie from Jones 97 to 99. Uh, oh, I know one. I just remembered. Okay, I got one. What do you got? Jordan Clarkson was number six. There you go. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, All you need two. is one more. By the way, was terrible last night. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, and Bogdanovich was the greatest three-point shooter I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Get, All right, uh, one more, one more. I can give you guys occasional clues or whatever. One guy I played at UCLA. Okay. Played one Walmart. season. It was it no. was a center. Played in the early. Played in the three-peat teams actually. Another Ooh. guy was a former college player of the year. Um, and oh. he was. Who do you got? College player. <laughs> He was only here for half a second. It can't be. It's not Adam Morrison. Ding, 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 ding. There we go. Yeah. Got it. Adam Morrison. Adam, baby, Trav. All right, give us the other names. Who okay, else? Uh, Chucky Brown, who were okay. for, for one season. One of my, I have his jersey. <laughs> and the center the I was closet. talking about and the center yeah. I was talking about from UCLA, Jelani McCoy. Mm. I, wouldn't I remember that. Jelani McCoy with the Bruins. I don't remember it at all with the Lakers. <laughs> well, he was on okay. one of the three P teams, actually. And uh, – uh, Earl Clark, skinny Earl Clark, was uh, okay. also a number six. Also, uh, Lance Stevenson, number six. Ah, that's right, Lance Stevenson. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah. Mo Evans, mm-hmm. Josh McRoberts, mm-hmm. Kent Bazemore, and former number two bus pick Derek Williams. Look, LeBron James is going to have. I'm surprised LeBron retired. I'm surprised they, they LeBron got number six with all those names. <laughs> right? They don't put six up there, do they? I'm surprised they, he's not they retired, don't man. Kobe treatment, right? That doesn't happen, right? What if he wins another one? Maybe. No, maybe, they'll, they'll, maybe. they'll leave 23. They'll leave 23 up there. All right, our listeners have done it again, Slee. Some absolutely fantastic suggestions on what the next 30-30 for be. We'll get into that next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN.